This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined us. Welcome to episode 386. 386. Wow. 386 of the Star Wars Report podcast here for the... What's... What is... I don't even know what's today. Uh, for the dates of July 10th. We're right in the dog days of summer, folks. Not the busiest news week, but we do have some updates for you. Our first update is he's back. Mr. Bruce Gibson is on the podcast. I am, I am here. Yeah. Where's Scott Rifen? I don't know. <laughs> I he did the show now. That's, that's, a, that's a good question. I, uh, he just abandoned us to do his trivia night thing. What yeah, a jerk. Come on. <sighs> you know, unlike us. <laughs> Exactly. This is as much trivia you're going to get tonight. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> the trivia question of the night is, where was Bruce Gibson? His answer coming up right after this. Oh. Where in the world is <laughs> Bruce Gibson? Bruce Gibson. Uh, Bruce, welcome back, man. It's good to where talk to you. Where in the world is Matt Lauer? Where, <laughs> Matt Lauer? Is he on the show? Uh, anyway, hey, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, doing well. Doing doing fine here in the Star Wars Report. How are you? No, man, it's good to have you back. Uh, and, man, it, the show almost didn't happen this week. I'm on remote from Las Vegas. Las Vegas in the Pacific time zone, which is kind of tough. I, I, Mark Hurlman, again, uh, busy with the scout commitment. And we were yesterday we were going to record the show, and then Scott... Well, uh, was bailed on us and we had to cancel. That's exactly how it happened. No, 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 no. <laughs> Riley had technical difficulties. I did. I did have technical difficulties. But listen, we're here for you uh, back on the Star Wars Report because we wanted to make sure we got to it because this this, this, this is the reality of the, the, the dog days of summer. Everybody's busy, have all these other uh, commitments come up. I've been like, I had to, last week I was heading out here That's for true. training. I gotta go, by the way. <laughs> oh, so gosh. It was great Bye, Chris. Bye, everybody. Bye, Rick. <laughs> but, um, but no, it was, uh, it, it's la- last week we had a, a special remastered. Do you like, I, I like the way I phrased it. Instead of like fill in episode, last week's was a remastered episode. I went through and, and kind of polished up and republished our ancient Attack of the Clones documentary, documentary, commentary. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, which we recorded back in 2012. Long before the Disney purchase or any of this crap. And I remember it being a really good time. So I published it. And then I realized how young I was after uh, Michael Morris, the one and only Michael Morris, 
uh, messaged us in the group chat and called me out on how how what how much of a whippersnapper I <laughs> was. You were what like thirteen? <laughs> yeah, when you did that, or, right? Well, fifteen. Give me some credit, sir. <laughs> no, um, but that was. If you have not listened to it, I actually I promise it is actually pretty good. At least I remember. I didn't listen back to the whole thing, but I remember like Nathan P. Butler. Of course, from Star Wars um, B- uh, Beyond the Films, and Mark was on it, Bethany was on it, uh, uh, what's-his-face, uh, I, I, a bunch of people were on it. Uh, and I've just, blamed, I'm, if I try to list everybody, you know, this is dangerous territory. Yeah, Teresa always. and Aaron were on it from Bookworm. Oh, yeah, and now I have to, and Jason Hunt. Okay, that's everybody. And Jason Hunt, yes. Okay, there we go. I just Walt needed the help. I just needed a prompter, sir. But uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, so if you have not had a chance to listen to that, make sure you go take a listen uh, to the Attack of the Clones commentary. But as for us, well, we've got some news to talk about this week. We have something to report. The Delta have the news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. You can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. That's right, folks. Uh, the biggest piece of news this week is uh, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce. I'm a big story. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you, sir, have now also... Well, before I, before I give it all away, of where of where you were, just last week, week before, last week, last week, yes, last. Um, week. I want to remind everybody on on how much of a Debbie Downer one Bruce Gibson was about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. That is not true. He he. You I, were all like, not a it's gonna be so on. crowded. I'm never going. You you were making fun of us. Actually, no, you weren't. No. No, because you wanted to go the opening day and camp out overnight, and I was like, "No, I'm not <laughs> doing that." And but I did say I probably won't go for like a year. You did say that. I did say that. You weren't that much. But of I a didn't downer. know a year would take a month. Yeah. No. Teresa Delgado was the downer. Who she also went. She did. She did. Yeah. <laughs> Ever, all the doubters, all the haters, came around. Why, why did she go? Because yeah, she wasn't going to go. She, I, she was at Disney World this past week. She was at yeah. I I don't know all the details to it. She probably saw how cool it was. But the, the, they didn't and, have Galaxy's Edge open there yet, right? No, or no, no, it? no, no. She was at Land too. So she went to Land for that okay. one for one weekend there and. Um, but yeah, world doesn't open until this this um, well end of August, so pretty soon now. But there's been a few Galaxy's Edge updates, and we're, I figured we talk about them as we talk about your experience at the parks. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get the Bruce Gibson take on Star you Wars get the Galaxy. Real take is the, what you're going to get. The real. This is the real. Uh, Bantha Poodoo. <laughs> this, this ain't no YouTube here, people. I'm telling you, this is the real thing. <laughs> I was actually there. You listen. Unlike some of the other haters, you have been there, and now you can hate on it from your own experience. Now I'm kidding. There is uh, no hate. No, actually, I was talking to you before the show started, and um, you see that on Rogue Transmissions, uh, we, where you forgot to record my audio. No, this is patreoncom slash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I should not plug it now. Um, Rogue Transmissions, returning next week, available at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. <laughs> Put it that way. Okay. But no, well, yeah, bring it bring it here, sir. Let us know your um, your take on Galaxy's Edge now that you were there yourself. Well, first of all, it's cool. I mean, I think everybody has seen pictures and video and things about it. Yeah. So, yeah, so just so you know how I was preparing for this. First of all, yes, I wasn't going to go for a while, but my daughter won a just to make it easy a school whatever competition thing so she went to nationals and nationals was in anaheim at the convention center nationals. where celebrations like going glee? To be next like year. nationals like in glee 
Yeah, kind of like that, but it wasn't singing. <laughs> it was more academic stuff. But uh, in yeah, but so we were at the convention center in Anaheim. So okay, well, we got to go Disneyland because we're right here, right? Yeah. And uh, so the week before, so yeah, I was there last week, but the week before, so the week last week of June when the park now opened outside of reservations, I was on that Disneyland app. Mm. Every day, yeah. several times a day, watching what's happening at Galaxy's Edge. And there was these things called boarding passes. Yep. So when you would get into the park, if the Galaxy's Edge section was too crowded, you would have to do a boarding pass on your app, and it would give you a time of when to come to Galaxy's Edge. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too crowded. That went on for almost a week. By the time you hit that weekend before uh, July that first week of July, that last weekend of June, yeah. I started to notice that the boarding passes weren't being needed as much. Mm. At the same time, I was watching the wait times for the Millennium Falcon ride, Smuggler's Run. Yeah. And that usually hovered around an hour, sometimes 90 minutes. And uh, so I had a good idea going in what it was going to be like. So we had no boarding passes. No boarding passes were needed when we were there. We were there July 2nd and 3rd. Okay. We were there for two days. No boarding passes were needed. I will tell you this. If you're going to go, and this is the research that I did before I went and while I was there, I feel the crowds seem to go first thing in the morning. Like okay. you got the big rush. And yeah. Everybody's going to Smuggler's Run. That wait time, at one point, I saw up to 120 minutes, usually around 90 minutes mm. in the mornings. Yeah. We avoided it in the mornings. We went to other parts of Disneyland Park and California Adventure Park, mm -hmm. yeah. where wait times for most things were like nothing. We were like on because everybody's at Galaxy's Edge. Well, by yeah. the afternoon, everybody's leaving Galaxy's Edge, and then we went in and did Smuggler's Run. I know it was a f well, it was a fifty-minute wait, but I think we did it. I think by the time we got in the cockpit, it was like a f like forty-five minutes is what I timed. Okay, well that's not bad. Like forty-five minutes is kind of at the outer edge of what I'm personally willing to do for for a ride at a Disney park. Like, yeah. perfect example. Like going to uh, there have been times because like Tower of Terror or now um, uh, Galaxy uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Breakout at California Adventure is yep. often like over an hour, and I won't do that ride unless it's under unless we have a fast pass. And that's just because I don't enjoy the. You get past an hour waiting in a line for a ride. It's just not fun, if you ask me. It's right. just Riley's opinion. And for that one, we... No, I'm with you for sure. And that one, we did a fast pass. And that's the thing. Smugglers Run, there is no fast passes. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to have to do the wait. But you know, if you really watch the app, you get a sense of to the, you know, when the height of the wait is going to be and when it lessens. And so we kind of hit that window where because it, it went back up again. So we go up and down. But usually it hovers around 50 to 60 minutes when I would look at the app. Was which the average is all right? Which let's talk about that because for a brand new ride at Disney, that's not to say nothing of Star Wars is really low, but for a Star Wars ride at Disney, that's surprisingly low. Like I get perfect example of Guardians Breakout when it opened, or the Flight of Passage for Avatar when it opened. Two hour waits were the standard for a long time, um, and uh, the, it would just to give you an idea, it, which which has kind of given the impression. Um, that the crowds at Galaxy's Edge are down, like under expectations. Like everybody, there are different theories I've seen walking ar uh, around based on like people scared away because they thought it would be too much or um, at Disneyland, they did a bunch of blockout dates for the annual pass holders, which is a big percentage of their crowd. So maybe that's been a big deal. Um, but the, the crowds at Galaxy's Edge have been lighter than expected 
was that what you observed? Were you surprised by there being less people or there being not as much of a line? Um, I mean, yeah, I expected that it was going to probably be more crowded than what it was. But I don't know what was expected from Disney. Like, you know, when we go to Smuggler's Run, I don't know if the way they built that, that they've gotten better at engineering a process to get a line moving. Because I felt like the line was moving pretty well. You know, it wasn't like we were just standing there. For, like, And you're moving through different sections and, stu- and such. But yeah, there were times where it was up to two-hour waits at times. Mostly yeah. in the mornings. But yeah, like I said, it would hover around more like an hour for most of the day. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would tell you this too. I returned. So that was in the afternoon the first day. I went back at night and the place was packed. Uh. I mean, they wouldn't even let us get on Smuggler's Run. It was 830 and they said, we're not accepting anybody else to get in line for Smuggler's Run. We're oh, done for the night. And I mean, that whole area where the Millennium Falcon was, was like shoulder to shoulder people. Like I started to wonder, is there a party going on? Or like <laughs> to get to Smuggler's Run just to find out that I couldn't get on it. It was one of those things where, you know, it's, it was almost like a concert. You know, you're trying to make your way through the crowd, and you're, you know, excuse me, excuse, you know, trying to part people. I'm trying to get through. I mean, it was packed. Yeah. And uh, and that was in the evening. So I don't know. I never went in the morning. The next day I went back again in the afternoon. And I did the cantina because I because reservations when I went to the cantina that afternoon they said reservations were booked for the day. They said okay, so those are still booked the, out. Yeah, they were like go get into the app at seven in the morning, and they said make your reservation, and that's exactly what I did the next day, and oh. I was able to make a reservation. But I could not like at whatever it was one or two o'clock when I went to Galaxy's Edge, they were booked yeah. for the day. Well, I, I, I that's one of the things I didn't get to experience was for that very reason I never got to go to the cantina. Um, you liked it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, again, I've seen all the pictures. So, I mean, it felt like you're in a cantina. I didn't get an alcoholic beverage because I had already spent so much money. And I'm looking at these like $15 <laughs> beverages and I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm tired of spending all this money. But um, and then there's like a poor souvenir cup with a drink that's $32. And there's mm. others that are more expensive. I just did the blue milk with cookies. And my wife did like what I think it's called like hyperdrive or something. Like that. They did, we, did the, the, we did the non-alcoholic beverages. And one reason was, well, they were cheaper. And number two, I knew my daughters, because they were with us, I knew they didn't want to spend a lot of time in there. Now, if I was going to get an alcoholic beverage, I'm going to stay there for a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's fair. But it was that's more fair. like, I got to hurry up. I got to drink this because we got to move on, you know? Yeah, so. that's that's fair. That's Well, how, let me ask you about the kiddos, because like, I know your daughters like Star Wars, not maybe not the biggest fans, but what did what was their reaction? Do you think they liked it? Did, they, did it feel Star Wars-y to them? Or do you think yeah. that they missed the fact that there were only new movies? No, I mean, they loved it. They they thought it was Star wars They loved doing Smuggler's Run. They wanted to do it again, but we just never got around to it. Um yeah, I mean, they, they, they thought it felt very Star Wars. They love seeing, you know, the characters. Uh, we saw Rey, we saw Chewbacca, we saw, you know, Stormtroopers and Kylo Ren actually several times. We saw all of them. So they got their picture taken with Rey. Um, you know, we did the whole, like, shopping area. I mean, e- Madison's not a big Star Wars fan, but she was into it the whole time i mean just looking at everything and you know we were yeah it was good i mean i mean my daughters are teenagers so i don't know about little little kids but i was observing little kids there and they seemed to be enjoying it and having a good time yeah yeah no i i i enjoyed it and i i mean i think the lesser crowds is a blessing for the experience i do i i wouldn't be being honest if i weren't 
slightly concerned by the lighter turnout um just because i think it i think that's a possibility i don't think this is a guarantee but i think it's a it's certainly fair to say that um galaxy's edge as a endeavor by disney may have been a slightly ahead of its time and it's certainly uh, it really i think falls squarely into that more experimental category um and and it may not have connected with the uh the general public as much as i expected it to and but another big part of that is probably like uh, is user bias right as a person who's so excited about it myself and the plans and like how hyped i am about disney parks and how much i love star wars and so uh, I've, I've been into this since i went to d23 and they announced it um, you know, and showed off all the early designs. So I've been like a super nerd, I guess, about this whole endeavor. And, it, and I'm, I'm confronted with the fact that I think it just hasn't connected with the general public quite as much as Disney would have hoped, if I had to guess. And that's not a criticism of the experience itself, but I think it's an indication of where Star Wars stands currently with the general public, or at least certainly the Disney park going public. Yeah, I... It, <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if okay. Again, is that unfair? There, yeah. Well, no. It's like when I went there again. I, I, my impression was going to be this place is going to be packed. Like I, when we, even when we went into Disneyland Park, there was a part of me that's like, I'm accepting the fact that I may not even get there. I yeah. might not even get on the ride because yeah. it may be too crowded. But it, it wasn't. But I don't want to say it was dead. I wouldn't say it was a ghost. It was certainly busy. There were certainly crowds. You know, there was there was tons of people there. It just wasn't like packed like you would think that you can't go see anything or move around there were people there i think maybe the bigger concern if attendance is lower than expected i think it has less to do with star wars and more with the disneyland parks altogether because i would say we were there last summer at disneyland and attendance seemed lower than it did last year to me yeah like when we went to pixar pier we went in the morning on the second morning we were there I mean, it was dead. When we went there last year, I remember we got the hour early because we stayed on property and we went to the Incredicoaster mm. and we were able to ride that. And then when they let the, you know, the, the rest of the public in, there was a mad crowd going to Incredicoaster and no lie within like 15, 20 minutes, it was up to like an almost an hour wait. And this time, we weren't even the early bird ones because we didn't stay on property. And I was expecting, oh, we're going to be part of that big crowd running yeah. to Incredicoaster. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Hmm. We had that whole Pixar Pier like for hours that morning. We were just getting on rides, no weights, whatever. I mean, the whole thing, I thought, okay, this is dead compared to last year. Because last year, it was packed yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And again, I don't know, maybe everybody was at Galaxy's Edge at that point. Yeah, maybe it d has effectively d diffused the crowd a little bit, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I th I think, uh, and this is where the the news story has become in uh, a list in that list of things that people like to use as ammunition for Star Wars sucks now, you know, which I I always hesitate because I think you that's where people tend to wrap up uh, bad news stories and 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 see connections oh, where there are, where there there aren't any absolutely. there. But but keep in mind, too, I mean, there's people like me that said I wasn't going to go, and I'm a big Star Wars fan. I was going to wait a while, yeah. and I think there's people that are waiting a while. And number two, I think, you know, th the whole thing's not done. 
Yeah. There's only one ride. I mean, think about that. If you open up a land at any Disney park and there's only one ride, how how crowded do you think that's going to be? Because yeah. really outside the ride, there isn't a whole lot to do. I mean, it's really just eye candy at, yeah. in, the, in the land. That's and, uh, true. Yeah, you can buy some things. A lot of shopping, a lot of, things, yeah. But, but there's only so much time you're going to spend there. Yeah. Yeah, and then and and Smuggler's Run is is a good is a fun ride and a good ride, but it's not really like a a groundbreaking ride in the way that um, Radiator Springs was when it opened up, and you know right. the, the Avatar one when it opened up, or Harry Potter when they opened up and and really seemed to break ground. So I really think the groundbreaking technology and effort is going into Rise of the Resistance. So that'll be the place to see. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think they've. I may be totally wrong. Off the top of my head, I don't. They haven't announced when Rise of the Resistance opens at World, but I'm hopeful that it opens at the same time this August. Um, well, let me let me add two other things real quick too. Yeah. So I've been to the Harry Potter stuff I think three times, and it those weren't as busy as what I saw at Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Now of course I didn't go to those just like a month after they opened, but I mean they're busy, but. Again, it's not like wall-to-wall people busy, you know. Yeah. I mean, I would say Galaxy's Edge was busier than what I've seen of the Harry Potter experiences when I've been there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I don't know what I was, the other point I was going to make, <laughs> but there was something Crowds? you were saying about. Well, um, I mean, I'm going to her, the Harry Potter stuff for the first time this fall, so I'll be interested yeah. to compare that. Because I'll literally be going back-to-back on one day, I'll be going to the Harry Potter stuff, and the next day I'll be going to Galaxy's Edge, literally uh, across the street. Oh yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that would be interesting for sure. Yeah, and when I said about Pixar Pier earlier, that was dead. I, let me just clarify one thing. I'm not saying that that section of California Adventure is a dead ghost town either, because I will say later that afternoon we returned there and it was packed. Yeah, yeah. Like there was the new in and out, uh, inside and out ride. My kids were just able to walk on it and just get on. Later in the day, we went by. It was a 40 minute wait. Yeah. So it, it got cr- crowded later. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't like people making these judgments and calling you. Oh, it's dead. It's what? Like, what are the figures? I mean, I don't have any. Fi- yeah. You know, is this what Disney was expecting? Well, and Disney never discusses or releases attendance figures until, except for like broad, but like they never comment on any figures or attendance. They only release the annual numbers overall each year. Uh, and that's literally the only parts that they that they do, which I don't and I don't blame them like you don't have to. And it's like, uh, again, it doesn't change the experience of the park itself. It's just an indication of how uh, popular Galaxy's Edge is or how popular Star Wars is. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's exactly that. I mean, I, I don't know, because we did the void, the VR thing like you and I did in Orlando. I mm-hmm. took the family to do that one day. Oh, and yeah. There, and all the reservation times were open. Oh, nice. for Star Wars. For the Star Wars Secrets of the Empire, mm. we just walked right in and said, "Do you have a reservation?" I was like, uh, "No," but I looked, I saw they were open. They're like, "Yeah, you can do it now." Hey, come on back, hey Bob, hey Bob, yeah, can you get uh, get them set up here? But it is an interesting point when we're talking about this about how they're they're focusing so much on this, you know, Resistance First Order time frame because mm. yeah. the Galaxy's Edge is that. Every, you know, we got on uh, mm-hmm. Star Tours, which mm-hmm. I've done a million times, and yep. every experience on there was from the sequel yep. movies. Yep, yep, you know? that's true. And that's of course, true. Secrets of the Empire, that's sequel. Yeah. Well, wait, well, no, that's no, Rogue One. I was going to no, say, that's, that's Rogue more Rogue One. One. Well, I was going to say, I thought that's what you were leading to, is that that is kind of an exception to that, where they stay in the more original trilogy era. But even though that's in the original trilogy era, that wasn't crowded. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's, you make a fair point. So it's all all an interesting time at Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. We'll, uh, I mean, check. We'll check back here when I go to the Wine and Dine Half Marathon, and I'll report back on the podcast. Not just how it is at World versus Land, and I can give you guys a description on that, but a comparison between Harry Potter, another big franchise, and Star Wars, and kind of see how they compare, literally back-to-back, which will be a lot of fun. I will say it is pretty sweet to hear the uh, Galaxy's Edge theme, although there's not enough music at Galaxy's Edge. I'll be the first to say. I don't even remember hearing the theme. No, the only place you hear the theme is if you do the lightsaber building thing. They they play it in the room there. Oh. But like it should be the, as you walk into the park. Sorry, one slight one criticism. Can yes. I channel my inner negative YouTuber for a You're second? You're going to say exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> Why isn't there like the theme as you walk into the park? Play That's some what freaking I was music. Expecting. See? Like when we were walking yeah. in, I was like, I even said to my family, like, Yo, get ready for some John Williams. Oh, <laughs> you did not hear oh, anything. God. Yeah, no, what? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Because it's great stuff. It's great stuff. Hey, guys, uh, t- the, today's episode of the Stars Report is brought to you by the fine folks supporting us over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That is where you can join the fine group of folks, the fine club of people supporting the Star Wars Report podcast. Now, I wanted to pick a, a shout out to our newest patron this week, Dave Weck. Thanks for joining in the club, Dave. Uh, you can be like Dave. Be like Dave and support the Star Wars Report podcast. Although, as Bruce, as you alluded to, we recorded a whole great Rogue Transmissions, at the, which is what we do every week before the show. Unless Riley messes up the recording and records from the wrong microphone and you only had my voice, which would have been weird. do you know why you should listen to Rogue Transmissions, <laughs> even though this one got botched? The whole time we're doing it, Riley's like, oh, here's the thing I want to talk about that I wouldn't talk about on the main show. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of what it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, we have um, uh, Rogue Transmissions. Actually, I was, I'm taking a look at our Patreon page right now. It is We just posted last week episode 76. So for five bucks a month, there are 76 episodes of Rogue Transmissions. And sometimes it's just a little bit of pre-show banter. And then sometimes it's a little bit more like um, solid content. Like, uh, in fact, the last one we posted, Rogue Transmissions 76, is a complete episode of bonus material that never appeared on the podcast, which is Mark and me breaking down. We were just on Skype one night and I recorded it, but we were breaking down the entire uh uh, Lost Missions when they premiered on Netflix. And I was oh, combing yeah. through some of our archives. And I was like, this should be a Rogue Transmissions. Uh, yeah. So I posted, it's something I like put out on our newsletter way back in the day. And it had been buried in the archives for a couple of years. Cause it's just like, we had just watched it all and we wanted to talk about it. And we were on Skype. I think we were planning a show or something. So it's like 40 minutes long. And we really break down our reactions to the Clone Wars Lost Missions. Uh, but that we got uh, talking about celebrations, uh, Star Wars celebration, behind the scenes talk. It's all there. Rogue transmissions at the five dollar a month, or even if you can't do five, we got a nice one dollar. We call it the jar, the tip jar jar, and you can pledge that and join our awesome Facebook chat, which is where we are uh, pretty much ch- talking Star Wars stuff throughout the week with me, Bruce, Mark and all of the fine folks on our Patreon. So join us, support the show, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. We do appreciate every single one of you guys who's continued to uh, support the podcast, even when I f- mess it up. 
like I did on Rogue Transmission. But it'll be Rogue Transmissions comes back next week, and you can get it and get exclusive access to that bonus content at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. All right, Bruce, let's let's get into a couple quick news stories here. We got to talk about, so Galaxy's Edge, you thought we were done talking about it, but you're wrong. Um, this is posted to uh, our buddy Mark Newbold over at Fanthatrax has some uh, some interesting updates on it, specifically a sit-down restaurant. Now, Galaxy's Edge only has quick service uh, food options right now. Sir, did you try the Ronto wrap? I did not get to it's eat really any of that yeah, because my kids were like, uh, no. And I'm like, yeah, we'll eat somewhere else. They wanted like a hot dog, <laughs> didn't they? Like re- re- yeah. regular park Some- food. Something normal. <laughs> why, why is it? What is this like pork sausage and coleslaw weirdness? Yeah. They, they look good. Did you have any of it? I did. I, I had the, the pork, uh, the, what is the, the, the Ronto wrap I had, which I liked. And then I tasted a few other things, but that was my favorite by far. But um, this is from Jim Hill, which is a he's a pretty reliable guy when it comes to the Disney Park stuff. He has a podcast. He's like a parks expert. And um, on his podcast, he's talking about a sit down restaurant that has been approved for Disneyland, the Disneyland version of uh, Galaxy's Edge, which is being fast tracked, whatever fast tracked means. But uh, basically, and they have an image, we'll have a link in the show notes for the episode of where it would be uh, located, but it's basically kind of tucked beyond the uh, uh, Millennium Falcon, between the Millennium Falcon and the uh, First Order uh, TIE Fighter looking thing. And uh, it would be be a nice step to have for Star Wars, but I can also see why they wouldn't have prioritized it, because there isn't really, sit-down dinner isn't really a thing. I guess you could like mock up the the style of the 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 dining room that that Anakin sends the freaking pair across the table, right? <laughs> they could have like a visual hologram on the table of a pair floating around. That could be a ride in itself, like a dark ride. You get in the pair and float around scenes <laughs> of Star Wars. That oh, like you're inside really cool. the pair. That's very heavy. Yeah, you're in the pair. A mashup <laughs> with the maybe a Bug's Life with Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> um so you have that um uh, so i'm trying to think what other are there other like restaurants there's the diner obviously dexter's diner but that's a more oh, that would be cool you want I a cup like of jamba juice um what else what else uh any but other so you sit can't, down you can't put that in galaxy's Ed in but two because that's not what dex where dexter's diner is it yeah would be a well and the diner. other the quick service place is already kind of like a diner format yeah. Um, I forget the name of it already, but uh, it, what are right, other sit down? Is there a sit down dinner? I guess there's the sit down dinner on Tatooine with the blue milk and the little alcove. Um, that's is there any other sit and oh, there's the Ewok campfire that could be a restaurant. <laughs> Roasted humans, <laughs> that would be a very dark turn, but they sit, they sit down to eat Han Solo. Or there's the um. Oh, the dude. What's his name? That Ray gets her little packets of food from. Oh. <laughs> Simon Pegg played him. I can't think oh, of his yeah, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. One quarter portion. <laughs> <laughs> right. You go into the park. One quarter portion. Where they just give you dry bread. <laughs> like, Here, eat this, Star Wars nerd. <laughs> yeah, it costs you 15 bucks. <laughs> Here's a fifth for some dry bread. Uh <laughs> I'm trying. Food, food is not really a big thing in Star Wars. Come to think of it, 
No, but I did. But I mentioned that in the cantina, I had the blue milk. But the day before, I had the frozen slushy blue milk oh, out in the park area. Which I do. I do. I, I did like, like it. it. I did. The green. Did you try the green? I didn't try the green. I only had the blue. It was green's weird. Green's kind of weird. Is it? Not going to lie. Hey, Darth Bane is in the news. Well, not. Dave Batista playing Darth Bane is in the news as a. Put this in the weird rumor category. I didn't even put this in a spoiler section because there's no way this is freaking true. <laughs> in fact, and why are we? Coming? Why are, I, was, I literally was about to say that. Well, we, hey, the crowds are light at Galaxy's this, Edge. This, I mean, yeah, exactly. The, the ghost town. The viewers were light. The 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 clicks were light at we got this covered. So they posted this rumor. It's probably what happened. Um, but it's worth like uh, uh, again. This is from Fanta Tracks. Um, there's some scuttlebutt about Dave Bautista possibly playing Darth Bane from this movie blog. We got this covered. Quote, it's early days yet, but sources close. I already, I feel dirty reading this. Why am I, why am I? Sources close to we got this covered have, uh, and by this they mean their, their butts. Because anyway, um, and they've told us that the that there's a show that uh, a show that will revolve around Batista's character being the last Sith survivor after the climactic Jedi Sith Wars, which took place roughly a millennium before the Skywalker saga. So, like a Disney Plus series, maybe. But um, uh, Dave Batista actually had something to say about this because in the age of the internet, uh, guy tweets him, "Hey, would you consider playing Darth Bane in the Star Wars Netflix series?" He's the baddest Sith in the galaxy, and you would be perfect. And that, that's nice of him to say. Dave Batista tweets back, I would play Darth Bane at the local dinner theater. Everyone in the audience would be terrified. <laughs> so, Dave. I'd go to that. He's like, nothing, and then, I, nothing goes over my head. I would catch it. <laughs> I, would, I would like a Darth Bane series or movie or something like that. But, I, I, yeah, I don't believe this one. But I did read the first Darth Bane book. I haven't read the other two. But it, I, I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I really liked the Old Republic trailers. Um, and that's really kind of what I'm most connected with from that era. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting development. But, again, not really that likely to actually happen, which uh, can be kind of confirmed by Dave Batista himself, uh, because uh, again, straight from the folks, uh, the our, our good friends over at Fanta Tracks, uh, they have a link to uh, somebody tweets the dude, "Hey, uh, are you gonna play Darth Bane?" And he he says, and I quote, um, "I'd I'd uh, play Darth Bane at the local dinner theater. Uh, everyone in the audience would be terrified." So little a uh, little bit of humor. I would from Dave, that. right? <laughs> it's it. <laughs> I, wish I wonder what they would serve head. at a Darth Bane dinner theater. Hmm, a Darth <laughs> something dark. Something old. Something, I mean, something dramatic, although not as dramatic as, as a Kylo Ren dinner theater. That would be no. really dramatic. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's Dave Batista. Hey, Mark Hamill is um, debunking rumors on, on, on his Twitter. You know, this is a thing that he does. He does. Um, he does that a lot. There's been a long-standing like. Uh, there's a lot of moments in Star Wars, like the stormtrooper hitting his head, or Boba Fett being in that one shot in A New Hope. You know, little references, but um, one that I've heard before. I can't even remember where I have heard it before, but it's uh, about the. Well, I'll just go straight to the uh, to the video because it's about. 
what you hear at the very end of A New Hope. We all remember the Death Star's blown up. Uh, Luke Skywalker's there, back on the ground, uh, and everyone's racing back to the X-Wing to celebrate the victory, right? And yeah. uh, Mark Hamill's addressing a fan who said on Twitter, um, I still cry every time Han flies uh, in allowing Luke to destroy the Death Star. Now, does he really say Carrie when hugging Leia as he deplanes? De- Sounds like an excited shriek to me. Has this been confirmed at Hamill himself, at RFR Rebel Force, at Jimmy Mac Radio? <laughs> getting, to our, <laughs> getting to that podcast world. Um, but uh, let's just take a listen. This is what it sounds like. Wait for it, right? There it is, right there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard this before. I mean, I can, ever since I've heard it, now I can hear where the carry comes in maybe, but I don't even, I'm not even sure that, I mean, it's kind of a stretch in my opinion. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, because it's one of the, it's a chicken and egg thing or, or a confirmi- confirmation bias thing. Because if you listen to it right like here, like before uh, it. It's, I mean, it's so, it's not, it's not the greatest quality, which kind of plays into the, um, in, into the actual text here. Uh, again, back to the article, I'll we'll have a link to this in our show notes, of course, as always. Uh, Mark Hamill responds, quote, total BF, BS, I actually said, quote, there she, as in there she is. Um, the dialogue in that scene was dubbed in jokes disallowed. Um, so it's, it was dubbed post, uh, post, you know, ADR. And he's saying that wasn't the case. That, he doesn't remember. That was so long ago. I mean, the thing is, it's like, it doesn't even, to me, it sounds like he's just going, <laughs> you know, and it just comes out like, a <laughs> it's, it's like exactly yeah, the like noise. That. It's exactly the noise he makes when he sees Biggs for the first time. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, 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 Carrie. <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> I mean, Carrie. And he doesn't, even if he said Carrie, mm. I mean, he's not even going to remember if he did or not because it would have been an accident that he wouldn't have even noticed. He wouldn't remember 30 years later or 40 years uh, later yes. and say, I didn't say Carrie. What I said was, there she. <laughs> it doesn't say, it well, doesn't even sound like, like, there she. <laughs> there she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hmm. I know. And there's a lot of times where I say there she and people go, did you just say Carrie? It happens all the time. It just happens yesterday. Because it sounds like it. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> there. Well, listen, there she. It sounds kind of like Carrie, though. I'm not going to lie. It does. It does. It, uh, I never noticed it until I heard this rumor or people pointed that out. And I'm like, it does kind of sound like Where? Carrie. But that's the thing. It kind of does. But I don't believe that's really what he's saying. And, and you know, it's so, it's not so, it's not that clear anyway. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. Because Mark Hamill tweeted care. about it. I don't <laughs> care, E, about it. Get it. When did you first hear this rumor? I'm trying to, I've, it's been around for a while. Uh,. I mean, I, I would say sometime in the last, like, 10 years. I mean, it hasn't – it may have been, like, eight years ago or something. It's been a while. Yeah. Hmm. It's, since social media. I mean, that's where I heard it. Somewhere, like, on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, well, hey, well, folks, you know what? That is going to have to put the wraps on yet another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, Bruce. Wait, we're going to do no Boba's Bounty? Oh, that's... Wait. 
And... Ladies and gentlemen, Boba's Bounty. Each week we talk about something we did or forgot to do or, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know what? You said You said we were going to do Boba's Bounty, but it sounded like you said, well, there's the show, folks. There's That's all, folks. That's, that's You know, it's there. just like, you know, it, I, I hear things differently there, than what's really said. There. Right? <laughs> just like that. <laughs> but, you know, Boba's Bounty is what we do um, each and every time. And I know we talked all about uh, your Disney experience last week, um, but uh, catch me up. Any um, any Star Wars-y stuff that you've been up to? Oh, well, yeah. I haven't been here in a while. No. So, uh, well, I mean, you know, I finished Master and Apprentice, which I think I mentioned like a month or so ago when I was on the show. I started uh, Dooku Last Jedi. Or wait. wait Jedi Je- Lost. Wait. Jedi Lost. Jedi the Lost. <laughs> the Lost Jedi. That was Ryan Johnson when he was. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm Ryan kidding. Johnson. I'm kidding. Dooku. I can, I can get him all confused. <clears throat> so that I've been listening to that. And uh, I was at Harvard Business School for a week. And one of the case studies was about the Walt Disney Company buying Lucasfilm and acquiring the star wars franchise Ooh. so i was all into that what was the big know? takeaway a harvard business course like they were analyzing the deal and how it was made any any insights well the case was written a couple years ago so it didn't include the last jedi but we did discuss it later yeah uh, but it, it was interesting because most people in the class uh did not even realize that there's this fandom issue with the last jedi it was just more of a focus of knowing that solo did not perform well yeah. And why is that, you know? But uh, mm. it was really about how Disney focuses on blockbuster movies. That's their business model. You know, yeah. they produce less movies than most studios, but they have the biggest box office draw. And that's yeah. where they make the most of the revenue. They are. They do rule the roost, for sure. Yes. And, of course, I did Galaxy's Edge, as we talked about. But the big thing is, mm. the thing that I bought, because yeah. that's what we do on Boba's Bounty, talk yeah. about what we bought. I bought a little mm. plush mm-hmm. Ray doll. At Galaxy's Edge, Ray? the little for, Ray for Ray? your daughter, right? For <laughs> for me, <laughs> for me, because she was so cute. And okay, I never slept with a teddy bear except you know what my parents put in the crib when I was a baby. <laughs> but she does sleep in the bed. You're not every night with me. You're you're not admitting that you. This is I on. Am, this is on the internet. This is. I'm admitting it because she's so cute. Because I brought her to her hotel room. I'm like, she's staying with me tonight. And the kids are like, Mom, are you jealous? <laughs> and just because I did that that one night, uh, I've continued to do it just for fun. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to last forever. Is the puffer I mean, pig jealous? The puffer pig is in the bedroom and stares at us. And But my wife put <laughs> it in the closet because... She, it was, I think, freaking her out. But they don't like the sound it makes, so I terrorize the family with the sound. This is that the puffer. This, pig this is the weirdest Boba's bounty. <laughs> you know, I really wish the puffer pig would puff up and uh, float. Now that, that would, would be, be so freaking cool. great. Like it was a balloon material that would just go. Yeah, that would be. Or pretty you know, sick. they should come out with puffer yeah. pig bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> well, hey, I um. I uh. Well, that's that's awesome, man. Uh, and by awesome, I mean weird. I'm kind of weirded out. <laughs> Carrie, <laughs> Carrie. Hey, I, I I had more of a I guess a Star Wars experience. Um, I'm of course I'm out here in Las Vegas for a training with the Air Force, and um, my reputation has preceded me. In fact, as I got to this training course, one of the airmen who's um, participating in it, uh, or was it a permanent? It was right the first day I got here. So like, uh, but I do remember this that he was like, "Hey, were you Lieutenant Bland? You're um." 
do you work over at the you know the casual office over at Goodfellas? Like, yep. It's like you're the Star Wars guy, right? He's like, yep, that's me. So I don't know, like, I don't know to the extent whether or not that means this podcast or just being the Star Wars guy, but I accept it with pride because so you like that. You like I, it when people acknowledge you that way. I will listen. I embrace being the Star Wars guy. I think most of you guys listening to this podcast are the Star Wars guy or gal of your office, probably if you listen to this podcast. So it's kind of a cool mantra. And I even in the world of Intel, in Intel, which is what I do, uh, it's still a pretty. It's a nerdy uh, community, but I'm still the Star Wars guy within that, so I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I'm like that. the office, too. People know they call me the Star Wars guy or whatever, and it's like, if anything, if there's a big meeting, and for some reason, if somebody makes a Star Wars reference, or everybody looks at me. So you just look at me, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Go, hey, yeah, Carrie, woohoo! Carrie! Well, folks, that's going to put the wraps on this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Hey, make sure you are engaged in the show, and there's a number of ways that you guys can participate and take your uh, your listenership to the next level. Best way to do that is over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. I, I plugged it in the middle of the show there. But, hey, uh, take a look at the page. Consider joining us, even just chipping in at the dollar level, joining the group chat uh, or the $5 level for Rogue Transmissions. Uh, we really appreciate you guys who directly support the show, and that's a great way to support us and get access to exclusive content and bonus material. Hey, also make sure you follow us on social media. It's at Star Wars Report. Uh, Twitter.com slash Star Wars Report, Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. And you can find us anywhere you find podcasts iTunes, Google Play, the Google Podcasts app now has us listed. Twi- uh, Twitch, not Twitch, Twitch, uh, t- uh, Stitcher. That's the one I'm looking for. Any, any place you uh, listen to Star Wars uh, podcasts, you can find us. Make sure you subscribe to the Star Wars Report and leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you prefer, especially if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can go into the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a rating and review right there. It's super, super easy, and we make that uh, just a very nice, easy, easy process. Head to StarWarsReport.com to see the show notes for the episode, as well as links to everything we've talked about and links to all of our social media at StarWarsReport.com. Mr. Bruce Gibson, tell people uh, what you've been up to and where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me doing a uh, podcast about Star Trek books and comics mm. called Literary Treks with Dan Gunther. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. Sweet. Admiral underscore Rex. And I am also on social media. Uh, track along with what I'm up to over at uh, Instagram. It's at the Riley Guy. R-I-L-E-Y. That is the best place to follow me. I'm also on Twitter and Snapchat, but the really the best place is Instagram. And if you're interested in hearing more uh, Disney talk and you uh, want to catch me and my buddy Aaron talking about the Disney parks and uh, Disney movies, we just reviewed... Uh, we, I mean, what was it that we did? Uh, Toy Story. We did a whole episode on Toy Story, and it's available. The Mouse and Castle podcast available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can do that and take a listen to that too. Until next time, guys, may the Force be with you. Thank, thank you so much for uh, tuning in each and every week and uh, sticking with us. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Star Wars Report. Uh, Bruce is lo- lining up some cool guests, actually. We'll keep that uh, top secret, but some cool guests n- coming in next week uh, and some really cool content, as always, coming from the Star Wars Report podcast. Until next time, may the Force be with you, and remember, 
many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. I didn't. I should have been ready on the punch. I did, oh, I forgot to load the carry. I can't do that. But that's the last line in A New Hope. But he's really saying carry. Carry. Okay, let me stop. Nicely done, sir. Oh, look. Yay. That's like a whole 15 minute segment. See, that makes sense now because when we did it last night, you're like, oh, it was 36 minutes. I'm like, it felt longer than that.